Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner. Cahen is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. Cahen and Little Red Hen – just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Welcome, friends, to the second half of our edition of On the Rails here at KHEN 106.9 on your FM dial. We have Kathy Chacon. I keep saying her name different ways, trying to get one of them right with us today. And during in part one of this interview, we talked a lot about the real estate and how real estate can interface with history, with railroad history. We talked about how lucky we all were that, that she spotted the old bunkhouse uh, of the Denver and Rio Grande uh, Railroad um, in, in Poncha Springs. And how that we think might end up being saved, which is an important, important thing. And so now let's get on to part two. We do have a couple of uh, calls we have to answer. One, someone wanted to know about the two old uh, passenger cars, Denver and Eurograd passenger cars that are out there near the smokestack here in Salida. And we will uh, look into that, see if. We can get somebody who owns those to perhaps come on the show. Sometimes, sometimes, well, you, Kathy, I'm sure you run into this too, that sometimes I think the people who own things don't necessarily want that bandied about because they don't necessarily want a lot of visitors just walking in and saying, oh, have you got those two train cars? But we now have a, a name to put with the, with the uh, we've not forgotten you. We'll, Figure that out, and we're going to find out about these two passenger cars that are. Uh, one is said to be passenger, one is said to be freight. So check it out. Painted Rio Grande colors, standard colors. So sort of that sandy brown. Would you call that a sandy brown color, or? I thought it looked more yellow, like. It's mustard. yellow. It's really yellow, isn't it? Yeah. It's really yellow. It's not really brown. Really yellow. Well, anyway, well, okay. Getting back to, getting back to all the way back to where we were. When you first saw that building, did you suspect that it was an old building? Yeah, it's pretty authentic. Um, obviously, you know, just from the chimney placement and that, it was from the 1800s. Um, the siding on it, the window size, and the paned windows, and that there was those were all indicators. I didn't know how old it was until you pegged it. You were thinking 1881. Um, that's older than I would have guessed. 
up, and that was definitely there in 1881. And in fact, there is a in in the library, Slider Library, um, and there it is, next to the equipment house, next to the Y. There was a, a big, you know what a Y is, and no, oh, a Y, yeah, where you turn around trains mm -hmm. and turn around. And so there you can see all that in that photo and you can see it sitting there and looks just like it looks today. It, it uh, hasn't really changed at all. So one theory would be, and it's interesting, um, that you could, this is a, a theory that the Earl Kittleman had. He said, well, maybe we could move it and make it a part of the uh, visitor center in Ponce Springs which they're talking about building a whole kind of visitor's area center or something. Have you heard more, more about that, Kathy? Or I haven't. Um, you know, buildings like this are always a good fit for something like that. Um, you think. Yeah, but I haven't heard plans for, a, for something like that at this point. Yeah. Now, was this an academic study for you? Did you study old buildings as part of... <laughs> Your academic backgrounds? Not so at all. <laughs> Not, Not at, at all. all. So I was a business major. Well, actually, so I changed majors five times in college because I thought that everything was interesting. So, um, but no, I ended up with a business major and I just have always enjoyed history. So living up here, like I enjoy hiking to go find old mines and to figure out how this whole system worked up here with the mining and that. So um, I think the biggest part was being raised in an old house. It it kind of made you interested in history from that perspective. Yeah. Where was the old house, Kathy? So I grew up in Eastern Nebraska. Um, so okay. a town, same size as Salida, 6,000 people. We had the hardware store on Main Street, which when I moved up here, there was Gambles down on F Street. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, historic buildings, first off, they're beautiful. The materials they used were wonderful. I mean, very sturdy too. These weren't homes that got torn down 20 years later. Right. Uh, so historic, you know, homes and buildings are just, they have so much to offer and so much character. Oh, yes, they do. And and, um, and it's to some degree, I think Salida has, has saved most of that or a lot of it. And now I was talking to Earl Kittleman, though, and he says, well, we've also lost a lot, too. And he says, just designating it uh, National Historic landmark doesn't necessarily mean anything. It means it's designated, but it might or might not change its sale, sale pattern. I, I don't know. It, <clears throat> it just definitely takes people that have a passion for it to save these older structures and buildings because the easy thing to do is tear it down, right? And build something new. That's the easy way to do it. The hard work is to start taking these buildings apart, rewiring them, putting in new plumbing, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's the really hard work. Look at uh, Central City, what it has cost them to rewire and save. For, I think specifically of the on the main street there, you've got the oh one of the oldest courthouses anywhere, which uh, Gilpin County has pretty much managed to save. And uh, I take a tiny part in that when I was a county commissioner up in Gilpin County, saving some of these those buildings. But also, several of them were saved as casinos. And that's kind of neat because 
you come walking in the front door of some of the old casino buildings and it you still feel like oh like it might be i don't know 1875 and the gold has just been discovered and and you've got the big couches there and red a lot of red plush and the red red and gold those were the big colors and um oh i don't know uh a, a little lunch counter there and things like that that they said several of the casinos did but i should say careful because it it ended up costing them a lot more money than they have ever thought it, it could as one thing led to the next thing and then so then finally the city had to come in city of central city and it worked for them for a little while too or not a little a few years uh and so they said well what's up with our water they've got to have beautiful springs of uh, crystal clear water up above so good you don't even have to treat it you just use it the way it is but it comes down in pipes the pipes until you you know it's coming turns out are made of wood wooden pipes mostly installed uh, during that period you know a lot a lot of their pipage was uh, installed in like um, well you know how many years ago is that a long time ago let's just say it cost a lot of money to reinstall all that the odd thing was you, some of the old timers up there kept saying well look the odd thing is you why replace it so it leaks a little so there's plenty of water just let it leak a little been doing that for 100 years so i don't what's what's your feeling about all that how do you how do you come down as you know professionally on all that or what, what's my feeling on plumbing <laughs> well on plumbing no. Um, you know, obviously on, on, on use it or lose it, on save it or replace it or well, you know, we've got infrastructure issues here. There's that sewer pipeline that needs to be expanded out to Poncha Springs, right? So no. it's just part of the process of as these towns age and as they expand and we get more population up here, we have to work on that infrastructure. So I do think it is incredibly cool though, when you're driving through the mountains and you look over and above a creek, you'll still see some of these wooden pipelines. Like when you're coming down Monarch Pass, there's a couple spots you can still um, see them. And I have heard of a couple excavations in town where they were upgrading this or that, and they came across one of the old wooden pipelines. And um, what a cool concept, because they used what they had. Obviously like PVC pipe wasn't available a hundred years ago or anything like that. Um, but fascinating that they figured out ways to transport this water and, you know, a little bit of hydropower in there too. Um, but very interesting that that was the way it was and it worked for decades to transport that water into town. So maybe we should just leave it alone. <laughs> I think well, most of it's gone now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, that is interesting. Well, and, um, how does that reflect then? All right, right now, home prices are through the roof. Do we expect that that's the new normal? 
or is uh, is that going to come down at some point or we've definitely experienced a slowdown over the last couple of months so we've seen a ton of price reductions which we hadn't seen during the pandemic everything just kept increasing in price now we're wow. actually seeing some price reductions and we're seeing some things come on the market significantly lower than they would have 6 or 12 months ago so and they're sitting on the market longer so we're we are experiencing a market correction right now uh, I don't know how, you know, I wish I had the crystal ball to tell us how big of a market correction, but at least locally, we are experiencing somewhat of a correction right now. So um, wait a while before you sell or sell now before, before it corrects even more in the, <laughs> in the other right. direction. The sellers oh, want to sellers want to sell as quick as possible and the buyers are holding off a little bit longer, waiting to see what yeah. actually happens. So now in an average say month, which, what percentage of the time would you see uh, sort of a correction or what percentage of the time you'd see people just holding fast saying, no, that's, that's it. Hmm. Well, it all depends on what their situation is because, you know, if you're a seller, what's your motivation? Do you need to get out of town quick before winter hits and you've got to move to Arizona or, do you have all the time in the world and you're just seeing what, how much cash you can get out of your house or it, a lot of it depends on the motivating factors of that seller. So some people, you know, want to get out quick and others want to hold on and, and just see what the market does. Roll the dice. Well, that's probably the case always. That was certainly the case when, when Palmer built this structure that you and I just were so excited about finding. That was a big investment, 1881. He didn't know who was going to win. The Santa Fe was nipping at his heels. And Rick, sorry, your railroad was being kind of unethical in that, and that they weren't telling him exactly where they were going to go. But uh, they, they, it's not really his railroad. We kid him about it. He's a big Santa Fe fan. <clears throat> and um, But uh, they, that, that was tough. Also, Jay Gould was in there. Now, Jay Gould, wow, what a a devious fellow he was. He uh, was the really the money guy in the Denver South Park and Pacific. And they were coming up through South Park. What they really were going to do is they were going to go into Leadville. Once they were in Leadville, lower prices, uh, outfox Palmer, and also outfox the Rio Grande. And then they were going to haul all the uh, money out of Leadville, down through South Park, and over to Denver. And they had, did a pretty good job with that. And uh, Jay Gold was pretty much able to, really, to keep his strategy uh, hidden uh, from others. So these were not uh, necessarily the nicest people, although Palmer was a nice person. And he certainly... The day he retired, every employee of the Rio Grande got a check for some whatever was left, so to speak. And so that, that was nice. And uh, not many people in business today would do that, I don't think. Well, I don't know. Have, do you hear stories like that? Not like that. 
Not usually. I don't think mo most people, when they close a business down, they're uh, they're going to take the proceeds and run. They're not going to give it to their no. employees. They're not going to make sure the employees have have a little something to go. Well, the, his his friend and very faithful ticket clerk in, in the Denver station uh, was reputed to have gotten a thousand dollars, which in those days would have been wow. A lot of money. For sure. And so you never know, you know, about those. Well, okay, Kathy, so where do we go from here? What's what's the next move? And can we can we save the old engine house across the street? <laughs> Is that something we should all get behind? I mean, there there are there are people saying <clears throat> now's the time to make sure we save the engine house. I, have, you, have you been in that thing? Or should we back up and say what we're talking about? So you're talking about the building across the river downtown here? Across the river, yeah. So interesting enough, I went for a walk the other night and I saw some people across the river taking pictures of it. And I said, do you know what that is? And they're like, no, we're curious. So we talked about it just briefly. Um, and we talked about ideas for what could happen to that building. And you know, my thought is an event center maybe or some kind of business based out of there. But I think that's still owned by the Union Pacific Railroad, and that's just leased at this point. Um, they, yes, they leased it to um, uh, a very, very strange group. You run into this. They leased it to a group that had talked about the idea of maybe even running some freight through here up over, um, well, up over some of the passes down to Minturn. And in Minturn, you've you heard this too, yeah. And in intern doing an interface with the uh, Union Pacific so you could get some of the shale oil, which they want to move out of Utah from a line that was just okayed by the Surface Transportation Board uh, a couple weeks ago. And that line, it's, it's 85 miles long. It's going to pull oil shale out of around... Um, you know, northeastern Utah, pull it up, pull it down to the Union Pacific, load it on the Union Pacific, and then come either through here or up and over through Moffat Tunnel. But all the rail blogs say, no, 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 no. It's going to go through the Moffat Tunnel. They're never going to send that over Tennessee Pass because in the old days, Tennessee Pass would frequently have as many as eight engines pulling to get even a modest sized train up and over. And I didn't believe that until I got a phone call from a guy who had listened to that show. And he said, I'm older than you. He said, I'm, uh, I'm on into my nineties. And I said, well, that's not much older than me, but some. And, and he says, yeah. He says, I would sit there in Minturn, count the engines pulling out of here, headed for Tennessee Pass, he said, one day I counted 11 engines. Other days it was routine to count six or eight. So it was just cost them a bundle uh, to get enough energy to yank up and over. So no, so these guys were saying, no, 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 no. Oil shale, nah, you're never gonna, never gonna move it that way. And um, not to mention, I don't know, what do you think about all that? We've covered a lot of ground there. Is it, would, would that work, do you think? Or? 
It's a really interesting question because we've got two totally different sides of people. Some that are the rail enthusiasts that think it'd be awesome to have trains come back through the valley. And then you've yes. got your people who are like, hey, we didn't know anything about the trains. What are you, what are you talking about bringing trains back? That's going to be too noisy, too much disruption, blah, blah, blah. I tend to fall into the field of, hey, the only reason this town is here is because of the railroad. So yeah. it's not a shock to me that the railroad may come back through. I mean, those tracks are still there for a reason, um, but it's, it'll get, that'll get very contentious if it, you know, gets that far. So that'll be it's kind of far. a fun thing to watch. <laughs> Were you surprised to see the Surface Transportation Board okay the Utah feeder line? I'm not or, because, like I said, you know, there's a reason that the railroad tracks still run through the valley, and that's Union Pacific, I believe, saying, um, you know, they still own it and they are the railroad. And I was thinking monopoly. It's like if you own the railroad, you own a lot of power. So, uh, and you still you've got the train down in Canyon City, so. People have talked about excursion trains and different things. So is there a chance that a train could come through Salida again someday? Absolutely, there's a chance. So. Yeah, no, I think so. Mm -hmm. Now, when Solov, well, we won't do Solovyev's whole history, but he's, as you know, a very, well, he's a Russian. He was born in Brooklyn. He, he's, uh, he has more money than anybody should have, I guess. And he... Uh, he really wanted this line. But when the Union Pacific saw that he was specific uh, about it, uh, get it, Union Pacific, be specific. Anyway, Rick liked that, I can see. They, when they, they, that's what he really wanted to do, that's when they sold to this other outfit who calls themselves, I don't know what, the Denver South Park and something. And uh, so... We'll just see, because the Union Pacific, I don't think, really wants any competition. They want, you know, they've got all their ducks in a row, so to speak. So, <clears throat> interesting. I don't know. What do you think, Kathy? Do you, how do you answer that question? Say I'm, say I'm buying something from you, or you're facilitating my my sale. How? What are you going to tell me about the the old? Uh, the old maintenance shop over there. <clears throat> so some people see it as an eyesore. Other people see it as a treasure. And I think if you explain to people what the, pur the purpose of it was, they can kind of embrace it a little bit more. Um, you know, when you're selling a property to people, it's super important to let them know, hey, there's a railroad track, you know, 50 yards from here or something. And maybe there's not trains going over it now, but there's always that potential. You want to disclose to people that someday no. this could be an active line again. And, you know, they need to know that because there's some people building some very expensive homes around here, fairly close to that rail line. I mean, they're going to definitely hear it if those trains ever come to be in the future. So hopefully people are taking that into consideration when they're making their building plans. And what, what, it, well, what's their response? Do they say, oh, it could never happen? Do they say, I don't care? Do they? I think with most people, it's not on their radar. Like they don't, yeah, they don't think it's going to happen. It's just kind of like water lines and sewer lines. Like we were talking about before, most people don't think past their house and where things go or how they get to their houses, how utilities get to their houses or how, you know, wastewater leaves their house. Sure. And things. people just don't think about stuff like that. 
same thing. Most people don't think about what does the railroad actually provide across mm. the nation and what's its purpose. It just isn't part of their daily life. So they just don't uh, think about it. Well, the Surface Transportation Board chair voted against it. And he said, well, it was interesting why he did. He said, I really think we're past the time when we want to be encouraging the burning of fossil fuels. He said, you know, it, global warming is real um, and uh, we're, we're past the time of uh, encouraging that. And uh, the Chinese are gonna come along with, and so are the Japanese, they're gonna be coming along with helium or hydrogen or, and I mean, they might, you know, yeah, yeah. Hydrogen, I guess, well, anyway, saying that's, that's where we're going anyway. So it's time now to say, no, there's too much environmental damage from coal and, and oil shale. So I don't know, he was voted down. And actually his fellow board members, I think maybe were right. Cause they said, you know, we can say you can't run that because of safety. We can say you can't run that because of flood danger. Can we really say that because of the world economy of the future? Probably not. We're a transportation board. These are the things that, that we look at are safety and, you know. <clears throat> so interesting, huh? Oh, well, Kathy, now what topics have we not covered that you did want to cover? We've, I've been doing too much talking. I, yeah. I, have, I have one question for you. Yes. Have you seen any other railroad-related buildings painted yellow in the area, the DRMG buildings? Yes, in Gunnison. Okay. The Gunnison Station. Perfect example of the yellow DNRG. Also perfect example of some nicely maintained engines and rolling stock. They've, 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 Gunnison has done it. A real good job and um stop in there it's on your left as you come into town and oh yeah no then i wish we'd done more of that than we we have but yes indeed well now our engineer has got a finger up in the air which he usually is indicating time to start wrapping this up yep well this has been fascinating talking uh, with kathy today about from a realtor's point of view, the, the whole challenge really of saving our, our railroad history. And soon I wouldn't be completely surprised to see the challenge will be, how do you sell a, a, a property? Because in the middle of the night, you might just hear a ah, 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 and you'll say, oh my God, there's a train coming through here. A lot of that track is not only salvageable, it's not in horrible shape. Even after all these years, um, the company building the new 85 miles in Utah has looked at it all. They said, give us a year. Give us one year. We'll, uh, with modern technology, we'll rip that up and slap in a new chunk of welded rail and fix up the ballast a little. And a year from now, it's rolling. And they're not kidding. I mean, wow. So I don't know. I, I, it must be really hard for you to convince a, a prospective buyer that that's likely or could happen. I mean, they, they must say she's out of her mind. I, I don't know. 
<clears throat> we don't know. Sounds like I need to invest in some better insulated windows on my house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about that? Oh, dear. Well, I want to come to buy, if I'm going to look for some real estate, I'm going to look, I'm going to call you right away. <laughs> there you go. Well, we want to get you back on the show at some point to see how some of this is percolating out in a year from now. Because remember, this is a brand new, the ink is not even really dry yet on this ruling from the Surface Transportation Board. So if, if so, somebody wants to really get this going, um, they're going to need that year. They're going to need to get going. Okay, we're wrapping up an edition of On the Rails here with me, your host, Forrest Whitman. Our guest has been Kathy Shoshone. Is that close? Kathy Shohan. Kathy Shohan, who's a realtor, very interested in railroad history and is involved in, we hope, saving the old bank bunkhouse, the DNRG bunkhouse in Poncha Springs. And uh, God, I'm 80, it's 80, we're all 80 years old around here. <laughs> okay, but it's time to shut down the caboose. How we do that, we pop a fusee, throw it out the back porch of the caboose, so somebody come along, we'll see that flare and know that we're here, and we give a great big highball, and we thank our engineer for getting us here safely. Thanks, Rick White. At the count of three, we'll do a real big highball. One, two, three. Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncha Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889.